Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I'm an Eva fans. Welcome to our show today. Been an awesome, awesome week. <sighs> a difficult week, but an awesome week. So, but as you can tell, we have a very special guest with us this week. So let's introduce. We have her back for a second time, the one and only Dr. Cassandra Bolar. So Give it up for her. We're super excited to have her here this morning. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thank you so much for the interview. Yes, yes. I forgot we got the soft one here. I'm like, look now, give us some, give us some volume here so they can hear all these nuggets. <laughs> you come with the, you be dropping them gems, so they got to hear it. They got to hear it. <laughs> All right, I'll make sure. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Good stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so let's start out. You know, Toya, how are you doing? How How's your week been? Well, uh, for me, this week has once again been another mentally and emotionally draining week. Last week on Saturday, we talked about police and politics and pandemic. And then the very next day, on the news, we hear about Jacob Blake, another black man that was shot in the back seven times by a police officer while his three young sons were in his car. Their ages were three, five, and eight. My goodness. And so as far as I know right now, um, he's paralyzed from the waist down and still in the hospital. Um, going through lots of surgeries and different things. Yeah, I just cannot believe. I watched the video just like I watched the George Floyd video, and it's so hard to just watch like that happen happen. And I was just like, "OMG, are you serious? Another one?" Wow. And so then um, the protest broke out, and then on Tuesday uh, on the news we get word that um, this white teenager, Kyle Rittenhouse, shot and killed some protesters, um, two of them, killed two and injured one, and then calmly walked in front of uh, police officers, um, didn't get arrested, he had his semi-automatic rifle, and he just walked by. Like, really? Like, Crazy. I never see the flip side. I know I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not all about race, but you will never see a white man being shot in the back seven times by a police officer or getting his neck crushed by a police police officer. You will never see that type of stuff on the news. It's crazy that um we're living in this this world. Yeah. And then Friday, yesterday night, then we get more horrible news. And Maya, you can share about that news as well. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to, before we get to that, talk about how what I what I am glad about in the midst of all of this is that 
um, that we had uh, basically a, a couple of nights of protest from the NBA and actually from all of the sports teams where it was like, okay, you know, this is more than just a shirt that I'm wearing. This is more than just, you know, Black Lives Matter on the floor as we run and dribble and shoot, you know, but like, we're serious about this. And so I was glad, honestly. I mean, I know people were disappointed. They didn't get their fix for, you know, a couple of nights or what have you of their, of their games and such. But I was glad that they took a stand and basically were like, okay, we got to put our money where our mouth is basically. And if this is going to continue to happen, then we're going to have to take other steps. And so I was, I was glad to see that. Um, I know there are a lot of different opinions on, you know, them making the decision to come back. I think actually the games may start back today, but all that to say, I'm glad that a stand was taken and um, it has to be a stand that we continue to take. You know, we have to continue to put our money where our mouth is. If it's, you know, intentionally supporting, you know, black owned businesses, um, if it's um, intentionally boycotting, you know, establishes establishments that are rooted in, you know, white supremacy and white privilege, then so be it because it's time, we, we just can't keep, you know, rolling over and, and letting this stuff continue to happen. You know, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, this is a trend, this is a phase, this will pass. You know, granted, this is something, you know, we've been dealing with, you know, definitely for all of our lives and for centuries but beyond that or before that, but still, you know, we cannot continue to move forward with business as usual and think that this is okay, this is normal and this can continue to happen. So I'm glad that a stand was taken and um, I hope that more stands will continue to be taken because we cannot continue to move forward in the direction that we're moving forward in, like at all. Right. Yeah. Dr. Bolar, do you have anything you want to share? I know we're both on our soapboxes, like ranting right now, but. <laughs> you know, I think it's so critical because you have to, if God is giving you a platform, you need to use it to do good. Mm -hmm. I was just even reading today um, about how working for justice is even more important than sacrifice yes so 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 working for righteousness and justice is even more important than sacrifice and so i think it's critical when you have a platform whereby if you make a stand it can bring more attention to it mm -hmm. I think it's very critical to do so and i think as well you know it's it's just showing and illustrating how our lives are just not valued as they should be mm -hmm. with, with some who have been given the, the charge to protect and serve. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just so problematic and it's really traumatizing. I think for people to literally see that through, uh, on their phones, you know, just all of what we've experienced just this summer, you know, even just during this pandemic, it's, it's triggering and it's traumatizing. And what is happening is kind of like one blow after another blow after another blow. But, you know, it's really critical for us to do what's within our power to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for joy, for justice, while also um, allowing the Lord to calm our heart emotionally in respect to the trauma that we are it's, it's emotional trauma for all of us it is. and being able to you know to maintain that healing that we need so that we can move forward to do the work that we're that we're called to do and bring yeah. attention to injustices 
Yeah. And I'm glad that you use that word because I think, you know, especially people of color don't often realize like, like trauma is a very real part of your life and you can almost become desensitized to it, um, mm -hmm. which then in and of itself may yield other challenges, you know, mentally, emotionally. I mean, mental health is a huge deal, you know, today. And I think a lot of it is steeped in past trauma that we um, either, either haven't been able to acknowledge or refuse to acknowledge or are just so used to ignoring that it's like, oh, I just thought that was a normal part of life. No, this is not normal. It is not normal. And we have to acknowledge that and take steps toward that health and healing that you're talking about. So very, very true. Mm -hmm. um, and then of, of course, um, as Latoya was alluding to earlier, um, you know, just last night, we got the news, you know, that um, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Black Panther, you oh, know, wow. uh, also known for, you know, portraying James Brown, portraying uh, um, Jackie, <laughs> yeah, and, um, and Clint, uh, the, the uh, oh my gosh, why am I going blank? But um, Marshall, yes, thank you. I mean, like literally, he he played some incredible roles, you know. And over the past four years, have been battling cancer, which means while he was shooting Black Panther, yeah. was battling colon cancer, going through chemo that chemotherapy, having surgeries, like I mean, literally, like just the the warrior in him i was just in awe of that you know and um i know a couple of months ago it may have even been earlier this year i had saw on social media someone was saying wow you know um chadwick boseman looks really thin and so um and then shortly after that the five bloods on netflix released so in my mind i was thinking oh he was probably getting ready for this role you know because sometimes actors go through major transformations but the fact that this man is shooting film after film after film while battling colon cancer that's amazing like amazing so what an incredible legacy. I mean, definitely gone too soon. I mean, 43 years old is entirely too young for anyone to be, you know, losing their life. But um, what an indelible legacy that he was able to create and leave in such a short amount of time. So um, I honestly, I do want to take like just 10 seconds of silence to, um, reflect on his life and his legacy and to also pray for his family. So if we could do that, we'll just take 10 seconds of silence. Let's do that. Amen. Amen. Definitely keep his family in your prayers. And, um, you know, we'll continue to celebrate the iconic um, portrayals that he has, um, you know, depicted over the years, like, incredible. Um, yeah. Anything else anyone else want to share about this past week, which has been, wow, you know, before we dive into the topic for today? 
No. Well, let's jump in. Let's jump in. We're talking about how to quarantine proof your relationships. And so uh, thankfully, thankfully, Dr. Bola, this is her area of expertise. So we like, we got to get an expert on here because people are going crazy, <laughs> like stir crazy, you know, relationships are being strained, you know, people are stressed out, you know, it's just a lot because we have been quarantining now for what, four months, is it? I think so. Like, I want to say, five. oh my gosh, five. March to August. Yeah. So we're going into six, honestly. So good Lord. It'll be six in a couple of weeks. So, so Dr. Bolar, if you can, especially for those that weren't able to catch the previous episode that you were on, if you could share a little bit about yourself and actually how you've been quarantining, how you've been doing over these past six months. Yes, most definitely. So I'm very honored to serve. I'm also I'm a psychology professor at the University of West Georgia. And then I'm also a counselor, a marriage and family therapist. And I love serving couples. Um, my specialty is with premarital couples and providing them with a plan and a strategy for uh, marital success. And then also I have a background in um, service-oriented research, whereby we did a lot of interventions in the community community where we were kind of joint partners with the community to do parenting interventions that aim to improve um, child well-being, health, nutrition, social competence. Um, and then also a lot of my research has focused on fatherhood and father involvement and intergenerational fatherhood um, and how parenting practices are passed down throughout the generations and how it impacts your mental health as a father and then also your relational functioning as a father. So I just so honored to serve in an area that I'm extremely passionate about. And I think something that truly matters for everyone because we are relational beings and we're created for relationships. And above and beyond any other thing, when we're looking at longevity, quality of life and, um, and health, it's the, the importance of having close relationships is unparalleled. So I'm just very honored to be able to serve in this capacity. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that's incredible, incredible resume that you have there and an incredible calling, you know, as far as relationships are concerned, you know, even specifically looking at the relationships that we have or may have lacked with fathers, you know, with our fathers, that's important and incredibly um, important. We don't realize it oftentimes until it's too late, but it is very important. So thank you for sharing that. So how has quarantine life been for you? First of all, share with us who you're quarantining with. Tell us about your family. Most definitely. So I'm quarantining with my husband and our two little kiddos. So we have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So yes, my one-year-old life has not changed much except for mommy's home a lot more. And so she's having a time of her life. She's, she's living her best I think she's living her best life actually <laughs> in quarantine and then my son has really enjoyed being home and but he has said you know I want to go to school and so uh -huh. I'm like oh well, I know you want to go to school see your friends and so we're doing virtual learning right now and my husband honestly he's been working the whole time so his <laughs> schedule has not changed mm -hmm. um so um he's been working this entire time and now I've, I'm actually in the classroom physically um at the school so wow okay. teaching right now as well and I'm you know so I'm really grateful uh for for support um during mm -hmm. this time so sometimes I, like I'm literally 
you know, doing virtual learning with my son and then literally have to leave and take him and then and my, and my daughter run to school and come back. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's some juggling in there, but I'm, you know, I'm still very grateful for this time. It's a very unique season. Wow. Well, hopefully you can give us some tips and tricks as we talk about that juggling, because it really is a juggling act that most of us are dealing with these days. So let's talk about first and foremost, um, relationships with your spouse or your significant other. So like in the midst of all of this, how have you been able to navigate, you know, spending time with one another uh, without driving each other crazy. I mean, it sounds to me like you kind of have a similar situation. My husband's work schedule hasn't changed much either. So this may not be a challenge for you, or it may be, I don't know. Yes. Well, you know, he, well, for his marketing portion of the work that he does, he would usually be kind of gone a lot during weekends, but now he's home because all those events have been canceled. And so we do have a lot more um, quality time together. And, and it's really kind of made me take an inventory of myself. You know, oftentimes before we said we didn't have the time, but, and, and quality time doesn't necessarily mean going out, you know, and, and for me, sometimes I'm, I'm the type of person where if you just sit down and talk to me, I'm just happy as, 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 as I'm so happy. That's all you have to do. I'm not too, I'm not too hard to please. You just spend some time with me, talk to me, hold my hand. I'm set. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, but, you know, I think, you know, we do have that extra time. And I think what the, the elephant in the room is, is that we all are experiencing a heavier weight emotionally. And so the fact that we are carrying a somewhat a little bit more anxiety just because of the climate, that weighs on us. And what is happening is that we're showing up in our relationships with this extra weight. So sometimes our, our ropes are shorter. So our patience may be shorter. We may be more easily aggravated or agitated because of the weight and all of what we are juggling and the uncertainty involved as well. And so really what's critical, I think, during this time is really finding your anchors because we don't know when this is going to change, but, but what are those anchors that kind of keep you solid as a couple. And I think, you know, it's also a wonderful time to really take an inventory over now, how do we want to move forward in that relationship? Wow. Very good. What about you, Toya? How things going? Oh, well, I'll tell you, my situation is a little different than what it was like before quarantine. Um, I was always working from home. And of course, my kids were, you know, going to school. So I had, you know, some me time that I could work in throughout the day. But once COVID hit, Ryan started working from home. So we were both working from home. You know, I had my office and sometimes he would use my office and then we made him an office somewhere else so that we kind of still had our little space. But we still had to juggle with um, the schoolwork, which was which was difficult um, because you know both of us were in having meetings and still doing like our normal jobs, and then um, digital learning was like a regular school day, so we had to balance that out like every day. Okay, do you have a conf I have a conference call at eleven o'clock? 
can you help her get on this Zoom and then help her with this? And then, so, you know, we're always like moving our laptops all around the house so that we can multitask, help, you know, my oldest get on her Zooms and then help her with her work. And then um, my four-year-old helping her, she's not in any digital learning platform, but we still have her doing like ABC mouse and working on different skills and different things too. And then of course my two-year-old, she likes to get involved and learn things too. So then we have her on like the iPad doing like educational apps and coloring. And then sometimes if we take her eyes off of her, she's coloring on our walls and Lord, I mean, it's, it's a mess sometimes because Sometimes we're like, well, we just got, we both have meetings at the same time. So we have our nanny cams and, you know, all over the house and <laughs> talking to them through the nanny cams and you watch your sister just for like 30 minutes and it, it's a lot. <laughs> so in moments like that or in scenarios like that, how, what what would you recommend, Dr. Bullock, for, for couples that are all over the place? Like, how do you find time for each other? Like, how do you carve out time for each other? I mean, you're seeing each other all the time, so that's great, but you all over the place, you know, like. Most definitely, and I think sometimes your expectations may, may have to adjust as well due to this unique season. But I think if you are comfortable with having help um, of someone who you feel like they've been um, socially distancing very well and they can come in and maybe watch the kids for just a little bit or even getting up earlier before the kids um, um, get up or, you know, having some time once they're down, maybe putting them into in bed a little bit earlier so that you can have that time and, and, and seeing that support and help if needed. Um, someone who you may feel comfortable with so that you can have that time. It doesn't have to be a, a, a weekend trip, um, but it could be just, you know, something simple, having a picnic once the kids go to sleep, you know, and having time where you actually cut the TV off, like maybe kind of using the time where they are down maybe a little bit more um more geared toward your relationship instead of uh, but it's hard because you're probably so tired but you know even if it's just once a week maybe having a commitment of how you're going to move forward in that respect yes most times um we look at we both look at each other at the end of the day and we're like let's just go to sleep <laughs> but um friday nights are our date nights we do on friday nights it's kind of like a family date night thing where our kids are in the playroom there we normally um get takeout every friday night so the kids are usually eating chick-fil-a watching a disney movie and then we're in the next room over uh, last night we got longhorns and we were relaxing in the theater room and yeah. And then we put them to bed early, and then we continue yeah. our date night um, every Friday night. But throughout the week, it's usually like we tired. <laughs> that's great that you've been consistent with the date night. Yeah, that's important. That's important. So 
Excellent, excellent. So we cannot leave the singles out. So uh, we we know it's a different if it's a different season. It's a different age. I was talking to uh, one of my girlfriends earlier this week just about like the dating scene, if you will. And you know, so many people are you know opting to date online or you know virtually date, which in some cases I've heard is has been a better opportunity for them to genuinely get to know the person. But like, I mean, are there any any, any tips or any recommendations that you have for our singles that are just trying to navigate this? Or maybe they're not dating and they're just like, I'm in this house or this apartment by myself and I'm lonely. Like, you know, what, what um, thoughts or, or advice do you have for them? Most definitely. I think that, you know, this whole social isolation can be very hard when you live alone. And so finding other ways to connect digitally, I think are important and maybe having a standing date, whether that's with one of your friends, you know, having some way to connect. And if you are comfortable on a one-on-one basis, you know, to, you know, actually meet in person with your best friend, your sister, like taking advantage of that, because it's critical, like we are created for relationships. And also too, online dating is definitely a viable option. Now there are some sites that are not really geared toward anything long-term. So you wanna kind of use your discretion um, when you are using those online platforms. But what we do see is about one in four of all marriages started online. So it, it is a very viable option. And also too, with the inventories that you take, they are really matching you um, on compatibility areas that are critical for the longevity of a relationship. So that means that, you know, this is now a new viable option, you know, for a lot of people, especially since we're not actually able to kind of go out in these large um, settings and actually meet people. And then another thing that I really think is really important is to use your current network. Like there are people in your network who love you and they know of other good people as well and the good thing for that is that they've probably already vetted that individual and in that respect maybe you could get together in a small group setting and they might even know that you're kind of there to kind of see what they're all about and I think you're more likely to see the authentic self when Mm -hmm. someone knows that you're not watching and you trust your friends or your or your family member's judgment and you know they've kind of vetted them and they wouldn't even bring this person to the table if they didn't think this was a good human being (laughs) you know so maybe even utilizing your networks uh, to, you know, see if they know of anyone who will be a good match for you because they know you well and they probably know other people well. So don't, I say also use those networks as well. And you may feel more comfortable because in the online setting, you don't know their people. They don't know your people. And so you don't have any kind of way to vet them. But when you, when it's a friend of a friend, then your friends know about them and there's probably a group of people. And so you can feel maybe a little bit more at ease and a little bit more uh, comfortable kind of going that route as well. So those would be a few of my suggestions. I would say don't turn down online dating. It's actually a very viable option currently. Um, I would say if you are single, my recommendation and you just are feeling lonely, reach out, reach out digitally reach out one-on-one with people and you can practice social distancing if you want to you know let's meet at a park you sit on the edge of the bench i'll sit on the other edge of the bench to see your eyeballs and see you (laughs) you know and let's communicate and 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 find community find community and be active 
Very good. Very good. That's so true. Sometimes you just need to remind yourself like, hey, I'm a part of this world. So let me go out and see, you know, and, and like you said, you can practice social distancing, you know, if it's outdoors at a, at a park or a venue or what have you, but just making sure that you reach out and you surround yourself with people that you know love you. So very, very good. Anything else you want to add, Toya? encourage also um, if you're single to perhaps work on some personal development if you have a lot of time um, maybe do some more education higher level education um, work on you know um, your physical health getting fit exercise eating healthy um, doing all those things so that when you can like go back out <laughs> that you're you know like you're on track like with your personal development aspects is what I would say when you're ready to get actually back out there in the scene of dating if you're not comfortable like with the online dating that's what I would suggest very good very good Dr. Bola were you going to share something else yes and and I was just wanting to also add is that the reality is that this time will end and we want to create a vision moving forward and have clarity on what we want that to look like. But we want to gather the nuggets of this time because growth oftentimes happens during the most challenging moments. And so how do we want to go to that 2.0 level as an individual and in our relationships? And it's oftentimes through these times that we can become, we can thrive actually. And so I think it's important to reflect and take inventory so that you can be equipped with that knowledge moving forward. And I think in taking inventory, there are some important questions to kind of ask yourself in respect to relationships. And so, you know, thinking about pre-quarantine, when we were kind of the regular um, schedule of life, you know, what were you neglecting to do in your most meaningful relationships before quarantine that will be non-negotiable moving forward? Absolutely. We talked a little bit about that um, mm -hmm. last week. I think that's actually our BE challenge for this week. So yeah. that's excellent because the, the thing is, God doesn't waste anything. Like this mm -hmm. is not a mistake where he's like, oh, I tripped up and COVID happened. No, no, he's sovereign. Right. And the thing is, it's our job to lean in and say, okay, God, you're a God of sovereignty. What do you want me to get during this time? What do you want me to learn during this time? How do you want me to grow and develop during this time? Because you want me to get something from this, whatever it may be, you know, it can be something as simple as spending more time with my family and, and not taking them for granted. Or it could be something as simple as not being afraid to look inward and not being afraid to be alone because sometimes we use other people and 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 grab crowds and groups you know as a as a way to hide from ourselves so whatever it is like hone in stop pause hone in listen to yourself listen to hold to the holy spirit and say, what do you want me to get from this time so that it doesn't go to waste? You know, because guess what? If you don't get it now, you'll get it later. You'll get yep. it later, one way or the other, you know, and I don't know what that looks like, but I know I, I try, I don't always get it the first time, but I try to get it, you know, immediately so that I don't have to 
you know, go through whatever trials or hardships I'm experiencing again. So yeah, very, very good though. So, but yeah, lean in during this time. Awesome. So anything else before we want to dive into the parenting aspect here? No, no. Ready for the parenting? Okay. Oh, one, oh, one last thing too. Um, I think this is, this is in, it's respect, it's in respect to relationships and, and as your family as a whole, like, you know, even if there was a financial lesson that you needed to learn as well during this time, and mm -hmm. how will you ensure that maybe your family has more than, you know, two incomes, like how can you increase and have another stream of income? Like, how mm -hmm. are you going to kind of even take your family to the next level financially, you know, because we've come to recognize that everything that we thought was very dependable, it may not be. And so mm -hmm. wanting to kind of maximize, you know, your streams of income during this time as well. Very good. Very, very good. Toya, you have anything you want to share on that? No, I was just saying that's very true. Like my husband, he just started uh, the for foreign trading and that's been uh, a wonderful additional income um, to our family. And he just started that during this COVID season. Yes. So yes, I agree. Absolutely. Be unconventional and find those uh, multiple streams of revenue so that you're not just dependent on one thing because yeah, things are shifting, things are changing and we, we got to figure it out. So yeah, very good. All right. So let's dive into parenting. Um, of course, we know just from, just from Toya's day-to-day description of, of what she goes through, you know, I, I'm like, good Lord, I'm out of breath just thinking about it. Like, I'm, I'm out of breath thinking about it. So, but like, what, what can we do during this time um, of, of hustle and bustle and, and juggling and, and, and navigating, um, you know, how can we uh, basically go through this season if we're, you know, teaching our children from home or if we're working from home, um, you know, vice versa, but things are changing and we've got children in the mix. What can we do to establish like some sense of stability and, and security and actually reduce some of that stress and frustration that's in the home environment during this time? Oh, there's so much. And I think initially we have to kind of give ourselves grace. This is a very unique um, season and it's asking a lot more from us when it comes to even parenting. And so I think sometimes we have to give ourselves grace and things that are non-essential, don't do them. Mm -hmm. If it's non-essential, get that off your plate. And I think too, I think we want to, you know, ensure that everything is being met, all the, the schedules are going perfectly, you know, that they're, you know, still doing perfectly in school. But I think at the end of the day, what really matters to parent, when parenting is really meeting their essential needs like meeting what really matters most, remembering that it's really critical for them to feel a degree of security, agree of feeling included, agree of feeling um, respected. Like there are some essential child needs. And so meeting those is what's critical. And if there's something you can get off your plate, um, get it off your plate and ask for help. If, whether that's your um, child's other parent, whether that's a grandparent, whether that's you just need some uh, a couple of hours just to kind of catch your breath and kind of take care of you. Like when you feel overwhelmed, I think that's when it's critical to kind of reach out. 
um, and, 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 and try your best. I know things are serious, but try your best maybe not to take them too seriously um, and just stop and, and, and have time for just fun. You know, just, you know, turn those frustrations into fun. Like at the end of the day, what you're really, really frustrated about a year from now, will, you, will, it, will it really matter? You know, and so just having, taking those opportunities since we do have more time with each other to schedule fun, schedule fun, schedule, um, you know, an art project or what have you. But I think it's really critical to give ourselves grace, reach out for support when we feel overwhelmed and just take a moment to have fun. That's really good. Really, really good. Wow. Toya, are there any things that you found yourself doing during this time to just like take a minute and regroup and refocus? Yes, we like to go for walks and go outside and let them play in a little kiddie pool, um, planting a garden, let them come outside and help and water the plants and different stuff like that. Um, just getting some fresh air, taking those little breaks um, are much needed <laughs> throughout the day and with my oldest, she started piano lessons. So that kind of gives her a break from all the academic stuff all day, all the time. So she loves playing the piano. Um, and she just recently started. So that's another, you know, avenue um, that we're trying to kind of, you know, break up the academics all day. Let's read, let's get on the Zoom, let's do the computer, you know, something other than the computer. <laughs> That's real. That's real. And that's, that's, that's very true because now, I mean, not only is the computer or screens, I'll even throw televisions in there, but they're used for, you know, entertainment, learning, like uh, everything. So you definitely have to break up that screen time because that can honestly be detrimental if that's all your child is getting. Like they need that human interaction, that outdoor interaction like that's yeah that's really key very good so i i will say i mean not not all of us are fortunate enough to you know have the opportunity to work from home if need be you know i mean we still have parents that are essential workers during this time that um are committed to being on the front lines and you know are out there trying to you know improve the situation at hand, you know, and, and dealing with this pandemic head on. So like, what, what are some tips that you have for those parents that may not be able to physically be home all the time to help their children learn um, virtually? Yes, I say find support that you trust. Mm. Find support that you trust, whereby you know that they're going to, you know, do whatever is required. Um, to ensure that your child is learning, that mm -hmm. your child is safe, that your child is also having a good time. Mm -hmm. And then there are some in-person options for parents who are essential workers and they don't have like a grandparent or, or a best friend or, or, you know, someone who isn't also working. Maybe all of their friends are also essential workers. Yeah. So there 
are some early learning centers that are still available. Um, there are some in-person um, secondary education um, opportunities as well. Seek those out, seek out ones that you feel comfortable with. And mm -hmm. some people, some teachers who were teaching in a classroom, they are actually holding school on a small scale in their home. Very good. I don't know if they are all advertising it online, mm -hmm. but it would be something to consider. So if your child is a young child and and your school is no longer open, I would ch check with the teacher who, from last year to see if they know of anyone who was teaching, who could be teaching in, in home now mm -hmm. in a small setting. And because I actually, uh, a young lady I trained with, she was telling me that um, she's um, teaching, I think in person as well now. So she's okay. a, an essential worker. Mm -hmm. And so her one of her children is in one of those schools, like in-home small school with only six mm -hmm. schools, I mean, six students mm -hmm. um, in the classroom. So there are options where you just want to ensure that you feel safe about it. It's someone you trust and they'll take care of your baby just as well as you would. Absolutely. And I, I want to take this time to, to really just say like, you know, for, for parents that are in scenarios like that or where they're just like, okay, I need a break. So my child is going to, you know, a learning center during the day or what have you. Like, there should be no guilt. There should be no judgment. There should be none of that. Like, we are all in survival mode right now, doing what we can, the best we can to stay sane, to, you know, stay prepared and, and to provide for our families and, you know, and all of that to stay safe. So, so I don't want there to be any judgment or guilt if, you know, if you can't be there or you're just finding this is better for our family dynamic to have our child in a different environment for, you know, some hours out of the day, like whatever your scenario is, we, all of our lives and and family dynamics look different. So whatever it takes for your family to work and to keep moving forward, so be it, like, so be it. So I just wanted to share that because I know it's real easy to, you know, parent shame or or to feel some kind of way yourself, you know, like for real. I know, even if you don't have an option, just to feel like, okay, I have no one to watch my babies and I have to take them somewhere in person. You know, I'm so happy you said that, Maya, because that's so true. You feel like, or family members are like, what are you doing? And this, that, and the other. And it's just like, oh, I have to survive. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real. Whew. So yeah, I just wanted to share that for anybody, whoever it was that may be dealing with that, just to give you some freedom to set you free in that moment. So, but um, also I guess on, on the flip side of that, how can we kind of like what we were talking about earlier with leaning in, how can parents lean in during this time and use this as an opportunity to cultivate their relationships with their children? Most definitely, we do have that extra time. And I think even in the curriculum now, you know, some schools are not faith-based, so you can infuse devotion time into the schedule, and you have a little extra time, you know, to, and also, I say, what is your vision for your parenting? 
What mm-hmm. do you want the ultimate outcome to be? And then figuring out, backpedaling, what are the steps that you can put in place now mm-hmm. and kind of lay that as a foundation so that when life gets busy again, you don't lose these routines. You don't lose those little small things because it doesn't take an hour. Sometimes it's just 10 minutes of the day where you have like group prayer if you want to do group prayer as a family or, you know, or, you know, creating like on a quarterly basis these are the things that we want to do with the kiddos and and having that system in place so that when life kind of goes back to quote unquote normal you still have these routines in place I think it would be helpful very true very true Troy were you gonna say something I felt like you were about saying I, I agree yeah. Anything though that you feel like you have learned about your children during this time that you may not have before or or even just realized like, oh, hey, they're really interested in this or they're really good at that. Like I have been learning so much more about their little personalities during this <laughs> and just learning more about like what they're really interested in and what bores them and the things that they don't like to do. Um, so it's been interesting, like getting to know their little personalities, um, because they're all so different and, you know, it just makes me think about like, once things go back to normal, like other activities and different things that I want to get them involved in now that I'm seeing that their, their little personalities develop a little bit more. I love that. Oh, I love that. But yeah, this is, I, I think an incredible time to, you know, really, Um, cultivate those relationships, you know, Um, if it's reinforcing or getting back to, you know, having meals together, or like you were saying, Toya, going on walks together, or like you were saying, Dr. Bullard, praying together, you know, having that family devotional time, like whatever those, those opportunities are, I think it's important for us to cultivate them now. And then also to look at how we want them to look moving forward, how we want those times to look moving forward. It may look different, but we still have to be just as intentional about making sure it's a part of our relationships. So I, I mean, I really honestly, as as horrible as the circumstances and and a lot of the scenarios and situations have um, been during this season, um, it's a gift. Um, And I want us to try to see the God side of it and see how he wants to use it for our good. You know, even if all of it doesn't feel good or seem good or look good, there are definitely opportunities for us to grow and for us to um, grow closer to one another and to most importantly, grow closer to him. So yeah, very, very true. Anything else you either of you want to share on relationships and parenting? Just like she said, don't get too frustrated. Don't take yourself serious. Relax, have fun. That's good. That's very good. And focus on the essential. I think oftentimes we, we're trying to keep up with things that we used to keep up with, but it's like, hey, if you got to take some stuff off your plate, take some stuff off your plate. Like, focus on what is essential. So that's really good. And I, I, I know you shared some of the things that are essential, but I feel like I feel like we even need to make that clear. Like, what are the things that 
are that should be essential because I think sometimes we trick our minds into thinking certain things are essential and they're not really like we're just we just feel obligated to do them so like what would you say are like the key essentials for um families during this time most definitely um there are about five kind of critical needs for children mm-hmm. and the top critical needs for children are is are one to feel respected mm. um, to feel important to feel accepted to feel included and to feel secure mm. and so if we can ensure that we are meeting these critical emotional needs that's what truly matters. Do they feel safe despite all of what's going on in the world? Do they feel included? You know, and I I know sometimes, you know, do they feel included in in what's going on throughout the day? So um, feeling uh, respected, important, accepted, including included as well as secure. Mm. And those are essential needs. Those are emotional needs. So if we're really meeting their emotional needs, we're meeting their physical needs, we're feeding them, you know, yeah. <laughs> keeping their clothes clean, you know, just the essentials and yeah. ensuring that they are thriving academically as much as possible. You know, that's what matters. That's good. One more question I had real quick too. I would be, be remiss if I didn't ask this. Um, my, my prayers have really been for children that were already in unstable homes before COVID and now have to be in those homes uh, more than they would like to be, um, where their parents may be suffering from addiction or they may be living in poverty or um, there just may be that there may not be that mental and emotional stability that you were talking about. Like if there are adults there that are listening to this that know of children like that, maybe they have taught those children um, or maybe they are, um, you know, related to those children, or maybe those children are just in their neighborhoods and they have a glimpse of what they may um, be going home to each day. Uh, what are, are, are there any resources or any um, suggestions that you would give? Um, or even if those children may be listening now, they just kind of got a glimpse and they're like, I don't have any of those five things that you're talking about. Like, what in the world? Like, I need help. Like, what, what are some thoughts you have for them? You know, that grieves my heart because mm-hmm. when you're a child and you experience trauma, it literally shapes, reshapes the architecture of the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what we call them, they're called adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And so Kaiser Permanente, in conjunction with the CDC, they, they looked at and examined how adversity um, during childhood, we call them ACEs for short, um, adverse childhood experiences, mm-hmm. how do they impact their kind of emotional uh, health, their physical health, even it is a, it can even affect chronic diseases. Mm. So we want to definitely offset those experiences. We do not want children to have that adversity because trauma really recircuits the architecture of the brain. And that toxic stress, it puts our stress response system in a state of hypervigilance so that even when we're calmed down, their heart rate is higher than it should be. And so oh, we want God. to prevent that by all means necessary 
necessary. And also that toxic stress, it reroutes or it, it shapes the architecture in the brain and it really affects the learning centers of the brain. So, and so we definitely want to prevent that by all costs. And so, you know, in those situations, we need to find a new environment. If, if the parents aren't able to provide that stability, then we need to find an, um, we need to find, you know, maybe a sister of the, of the mother, maybe an auntie, you know, um, maybe a grand, grandparents who have a stable home, you know, find a stable home for those children. And, 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 and not only that, but help the parents get the, the help that they need. Because yeah. You know, oftentimes, and I've done a lot of in-home therapy working with families, working with children. I used to be a child therapist as oh, well. Wow. And so, you know, I've gone into homes, you know, with foster care families, you know, with, with working with the grandparents or even working with people who were not even related to the children by any means. And they weren't even foster care relate, related either. You know, so, you know, we have to get them in the safe environment because, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're all seeds. And if we're in bad soil, we may not reach our our full potential. And so we need people nurturing us. We need a ground that's nurturing so that the good can come out of us in its full extent. And so I think, you know, we need to find places that are safe. Also too, uh, there was this really sad story this young lady was telling me about uh, a situation of abuse and mm. the auntie wanted to take the take over, you know, kind of be the guardian for the child. And I said, you know, well, you need to have some, take some legal measures um, and, you know, even get CASA involved. And that can be a court appointed special advocate for the child. Gotcha. And so, because we want to ensure their safety, we don't want them to go home and be re-traumatized or to mm -hmm. experience more trauma. And, and, and interestingly, so we don't want them to have ACEs on top of ACEs on top of ACEs. Mm. And one thing that I've seen when parents are unable to show up and provide the, the, the care and, and that they need. Oftentimes, it could be a substance use problem. Um, it could be a mental health problem, or they've experienced trauma themselves, and they don't know how to show up and parent appropriately. Yeah. And so the thing about it is that we can't have those kids in that environment. We cannot yeah. have those kids, you know, in that environment, you know, mm -hmm. and so we just definitely want to, you know, find a grandparent, find a new environment. If you, if you want to take if you want to, if you are a family member and you know something is going on, then then you may need to talk to the parent, take legal and say, and not in a respect of, oh, you're, you're, you're not doing any good as a parent, but in respect to, I know this is challenging for you. Mm. I feel like we at my family, you know what, we want to alleviate some of this burden. Mm. I know it's hard for me right now. But you know what? We'll take we'll take Tony in. We'll take Tony in during this time, and and we may take Tony in permanently until until you until and so that you can get the support that you need because we're family, you know. Yeah. And so and so people stepping up to the plate who have not just the financial resources but the emotional resources to help that child thrive. Yeah, very good, very very good. Ooh. Anything you want to add, Toya, before we close out? No, that was just some powerful things that you said. And um, I, I have um, a family member in a very similar situation. So, yes, thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's time for our uh, Woman of Noble Character acknowledgement. So, uh, Dr. Bolari, if you could do the honors, we usually ask that our guests um, share their acknowledgement um, during the episode. So if you could share with us who your um, woman of noble character acknowledgement is, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah, so my woman of noble character, her name is Ashley Jackson, and she's just such a phenomenal mother um, and wife, and she does so much for actually helping children, and so wow. um, she's actually a school counselor as well, so like, it's all aligns, and she's really an advocate for, you know, ensuring the emotional health and well-being of kids um, at her school, as well as with in her own home she has probably one of the sweetest personalities ever um she's just you know you know those just lovable people it's, mm-hmm. that's her and um and everywhere she goes I feel like she leaves that positive mark and and she speaks with so much wisdom and she's the type of person who who can say exactly what needs to be said in the in the right way you know some people just have that gift you yeah. know what, what people need to hear but in a way that, that that it really will resonate with them and she's really a woman of noble character and I'm honored to be her friend and to be able to do life with her love it Ashley Jackson right yes Ashley Jackson you are a woman of noble character congratulations <laughs> yes very good so last week's BE challenge um, and you kind of alluded to it Dr. Bolar earlier was to find one habit, or it could be a mindset or a perspective that you've adopted during these past six months of quarantine and you know during this pandemic that you realize, hey, I need to maintain this moving forward. Identify what that is and you know, grab it by the horns because we don't know how long this season is gonna last, uh, but we do know that when things do shift, you know, there is some good from this time that we need to hold on to. So, Toya, do you want to share the BE challenge for um, this week? Yes. This week's BE challenge is to identify a relationship that needs more quarantine proofing and take action steps towards improving that relationship. Yay. That's the BE challenge. Very good. Very good. So, as usual, you have dropped all kinds of gems, all kinds of nuggets, all kinds of truth, and we're just appreciative and grateful to have you. So take it, you know, take some of that information, listeners, while you can, and, you know, um, accept that BE challenge and definitely tag us, um, you know, post on our page, you know, in our group or what have you. So we have that information and we know that you have accepted that challenge. So awesome, awesome. And our next topic that we're going to be talking about is skin. Mm. So it's all about beauty, from the hair mm. to your skin color, colorism, mm. all of that good stuff. So that is September the 12th, <laughs> and we'll have some guests, I'm sure, to join us to join us in our discussion on skin. So we're looking forward to that discussion as well. Um, becoming Eva fans, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast app, subscribe to the Facebook channel, follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva, that's one word, follow us at, on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. And thank yes. you, Dr. Cassandra Bowler, for jo- joining us today. Yes. Such an honor. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's these, um, these sessions and um, these podcasts uh, that you all are doing, they definitely need to be shared. So thank you so much for what you all are doing. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's Mm -hmm. all good people. See you soon. 
Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time. time.